Welcome back, goddesses, to another episode of Awaken My Soul podcast, a sacred space where we discuss what makes your soul come alive in and out of the bedroom. This is your host, Melissa McEwen, founder of Awaken My Soul, woman's sacred sex and everlasting love coach, certified holistic health coach, pleasure priestess, vlogger, and kitchen Looking forward to sharing the juiciness of this episode with you. Christy Kuttner is a Southern California-based yoga and meditation teacher, Reiki master healer, spiritual mentor, and co-host of the Spirit Made Us Do It podcast. Christy is also an advocate for holistic health wellness, holistic wellness, which includes hormonal health nutrition, self-care, and positive psychology. Christy has helped hundreds of students and clients deepen their connection to their own healing and watch them transform into the best version of themselves. Christy, welcome to Awaken My Soul podcast. Thank you. I'm excited to be here and connect with you. This seems to be like the new way people meet friends to just be interviewed on podcast. And um, so I'm excited to be your friend now. (laughs) Same here, sister. I love podcasting because it gives me a reason to reach out to people that I wouldn't Mm -hmm. have a reason to otherwise, at least, you know, in my mind, that's, that's the story I tell myself. Yeah. And then like dive into the deep stuff. Like who doesn't want to talk about deep stuff? (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. So thank you so much for being a yes to this. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. So the first question I love to ask is what awakens your soul? So I actually have two answers for that question now. And I love that question because it is an invitation to always change, right? And and invoke like self-inquiry but I can thank COVID-19 for um, allowing me to recognize that what lights me up is having free time and having um, freedom in my schedule and like days, if not weeks (laughs) of like nothing planned, nothing to do, nothing scheduled and just this space to just be. So I really feel like that is going to be a gift that I recognized in this crazy experience um, that we're currently still going under that I will bring forward with me um, even when we go back into the quote unquote real world after this. Um, The second is definitely I am lit up by watching others recognize their inner healer and their light and their value. Um, through working one-on-one mentoring and like in a group setting. So like in Reiki trainings, yin yoga trainings, workshops, um, just that, that recognition that they have everything they need to be their own healer and empower themselves and just really live their best life. Mm, Thank you for those two magnificent things that awaken your soul. The first being having more time to just be. I I can't remember the last time that I had nothing planned for weeks out and I could just 
be so intuitive day to day with what do I need? Such a beautiful opportunity. And then, like you said, people discovering that they are their own healer. So beautifully said. Thank you. So you are a woman of many magical healing hats, I would say. And you are a Reiki master, an energy worker. Can you share with us your journey to discovering these modalities and how they've impacted your life? Yeah, I, um, I believe, you know, we all do Reiki, universal life force energy. Even when you like put your hand on someone's back, you're and you know, giving them that support, that's Reiki, right? It's, it's um, a motherly instinct, like when a mother puts her hand on a child after they just fell or that kind of thing. Um, so I truly believe that I've been doing Reiki my whole life. I've just been an, a very sensitive soul, an empath. Um, I graduated as a dental hygienist right after high school and out of college. So I was practicing dental hygiene um, for almost 20 years. This year would be 19 years. And right when I started practicing, I would notice like an interchange of energy into my hands um, while cleaning teeth. And to this day, that is still how I feel energy. It's kind of like, um, you know, like when you run across the carpet and you feel like a little electric shock or something, Mm. Um, but not painful in any way. Like I would just feel the energy exchange and um, not understanding what that was. I thought everybody just kind of felt that. Um, And when I would like mention it to other hygienists or like dental coworkers, they looked at me like, you're freaking crazy. Like, no, nobody feels that. And so of course, like I got embarrassed and like, didn't shut down, didn't talk about it. So years later, um, I saw, I heard about Reiki and the way I believe Reiki is, is it will come into your path exactly at the right time. You will find your teacher, you will find your training, um, you will find information on it when you're specifically ready. Um, So when I heard about what it was, I was like, oh, I wonder if that is what I feel like in my hands or my body, um, that energy exchange when somebody like when I'm cleaning teeth and someone like either is feeling pain or feeling stress, like I could feel that exchange into my hands and just that um, interchange of energy. Um, So I signed up for a Reiki training and, you know, never looked back. Um, That was actually kind of coinciding with, um, I was around, I was in my late twenties and I was suffering a lot from hormonal imbalance um, that I didn't even know that I had hormonal imbalance because my doctors didn't diagnose it as that. Um, They kind of, I don't know. I didn't really know why I was having all these period problems and anxiety and depression and all of those things. So thinking back, Reiki was separate from this hormonal imbalance, but that led me on the journey of healing my body and healing, doing all the inner work 
that I needed. Um, so you could say like Reiki was like my gateway drug <laughs> into <laughs> spirituality and healing. Um, because it led to so many beautiful experiences and people and um, just avenues in my life that I'm now I'm 41 and I'm so, so grateful every single day for Reiki. And um, I still practice my self healing daily. And, you know, that truly has been a gift. And now I love to share that with other people through Reiki trainings and private sessions and clients and mentees um, because it's super powerful. Sounds like that has been your hero's journey, one of them, like you discovering your hormonal imbalance and feeling the energy exchange as you're doing people's teeth and like, what is this? And feeling almost embarrassed and kind of shying away and then going into the depths of that and really discovering for yourself that I can heal myself. That is such a beautiful story. And that is, sounds like that's part of your dharma. It's for anyone out there has, has been through things and overcome them, that is your hero's journey. And that is where we can really help other people when we've overcome that ourselves. So I don't know about you, but with the spiritual work that I do and have done, I love mystical experiences. I love profound experiences. Could you share with us anything from your spiritual work that you do with Reiki or energy work that has just been like a very profound experience where you have goosebumps all over your body and you just feel this deep connection to all that is? For sure. I mean, um, the ability to understand energy, I think is super powerful. Like I mentioned, I'm an empath, um, which I think we all are really, you know, and when I didn't understand energy, I would often take on others' energy as my own, and I felt drained a lot and tired a lot. And um, I always was looking for like, how can I protect my energy? How can I, you know, create a bubble around me to protect my energy? And the reality is, like, people aren't draining your energy; you're draining your energy. Like, people don't drain your energy unless you let them. So. I would say the most mystical experience, not the most mystical experience, but a very profound experience is understanding how to create boundaries. And that has been truly, um, I think the biggest aha healing in my, in my journey so far is understanding that um, it's important to let people, even like my husband, my parents, my best friend, you know, it's important to let them have their own healing and not take it on as my own. And that that's really hard. That's really hard to do. So I say that's very profound because when you are able to do that, um, your life will change, their lives will change. And um, it's, it's, uh, it's a minute to minute practice. You know, if you're in a relationship, it's just that that change of perspective. Also, I think um, mystical experiences for sure are um, what comes through me when I'm doing a Reiki session. Like, 
you know, it's unexplainable. I, it, it's just like the messages that come through, the people that come through, um, the visualizations um, in this like story that comes through for me intuitively as I work around this person's body. And then we put it together at the end. And I've had experiences where we're both just looking at each other crying, like, oh my gosh, like, how did that even, how did that even come through? Like people that I didn't know, you know, I had no idea anything about them and their grandparents came through or different experiences. Um, you know, I could go on and on about different stories that have, um, have happened, but definitely, I think that awakening of the intuition, like that space that you give yourself, that's why it's so important to have a spiritual practice and get quiet to really have that conversation with your intuition. And the more you do that, the stronger it gets and the more value you can bring to yourself in the world. Mm. Could you explain a little bit deeper your role when you're offering Reiki or anyone who's giving Reiki their, their role in that whole experience? Yeah. You know, the biggest thing is, is to recognize the, the Reiki isn't coming from me. I'm like a conduit that everything is energy. So there's this big, vast, abundant, universal, vibrant, powerful energy. And I'm just tapped in, tuned in. So I'm like a hose and the water there, the Reiki is just moving through me to the person's body and their body will do the healing. So it's not anything I'm sending or it's not coming from my hands. It's moving through me to them. Um, and our bodies know where to use this healing and where, where the healing needs to go. So I could be doing Reiki on someone's knee and that energy is actually moving around their third eye, you know, and healing thoughts that are, that are keeping them stuck and blocked. Um, so it's, it's really interesting work and, and it's something you have to just have an open mind to because it's not textbook. Like there's a lot of things happen during a session that aren't explainable really. And when we get out of our ego and like, that space of like, oh, I'm doing the healing. Oh, it's coming from me. I want her heart chakra to be healed. If you like separate yourself from that and just let whatever needs to happen, happen and trust, that's when the magic happens. Mm, it's like getting out of our own way and allowing the universe or spirit to come through and work through us. Totally. So how do you connect with the universe or the source energy that you're working with when I'm doing Reiki or like my daily practice, both <laughs> <laughs> uh, my daily practice is for sure. Um, meditation. It's a non-negotiable for me and I meditate in quiet. Um, I pray, I really connect with my angels and guides. Um, and I definitely feel like, trusting that I have that connection with universe and God and my angels is the biggest part, part of it. So just, um, 
not getting so focused on like closing my eyes. Okay. I need to see my angels today and I need to do this today and that and check this box off and check that box off. It's like, no, just trusting that I need whatever information, whatever messages, whatever protection, any of that information is going to come through and it's meant to. Um, during Reiki, I, you know, during doing Reiki is just the whole process is very meditative and healing uh, for me because, and that's the beautiful part about doing Reiki is you're getting all that Reiki as you're giving it because it's moving through you. Um, so it's just a matter of like getting tapped in at the beginning, you know, taking some breaths, allowing your body to relax um, and getting in that meditative zone where you're, you're not in your head. Like it's just, sometimes I even kind of, I, I lose myself. Like I'm, I'm, my hands are touching the person, but I don't, there's no separation. Like our bodies literally become one. And, um, it's, it's, I would explain it as like a deep, deep meditative experience for sure. So it sounds like meditation, prayer, and connect, just allowing yourself to connect to their body and to source, however that may look, you know, just, it'll come trusting. Yeah. And I think a big thing with energy work or energy in general is just intention. You know, my intention is to show up and be of service and be this strong conduit for this person or myself. And we, we can, we're doing Reiki on ourselves too, always. That's a non-negotiable as well. And so I think the intention is always for the highest good of myself, the person involved and everyone involved. And um, the highest intention is for healing. Mm. Beautifully said. So you mentioned protecting your own energy for anyone out there who's also an empath, like we all are, right? It's just, just to some degree. How would you recommend someone go about protecting their energy? If they're always picking up stuff that isn't theirs. I definitely feel like, you know, there's, I love using Palo Santo. I love using Sage. Um, I love the, just the ceremony of it, like the saging yourself, or I'm, if you could see me right now, we're podcasting, but I'm like doing like sage above my head and around my body, um, around your feet, your hands. Um, however, I do believe protecting our energy is a mindset. And like I mentioned earlier, um, people can only drain your energy and suck your energy if you allow them to. So if you're not creating healthy boundaries, um, that's a big, it's a big, um, place for improvement and, and recognizing that there's a lot of healing that happens when we are just honest and, um, you know, have that protection in like saying no when we, when we need to say no and standing up for ourselves and recognizing that we have a lot of value and our energy is a resource. Um, so 
doing the ceremonies, but also creating some pretty strong, strong boundaries. And I just had a teacher say a couple weeks ago is like the biggest energy boundary we need to have is with ourselves, <laughs> which I loved, which I resonated with. Cause it's like, um, you know, you, we've all had those experiences where something happened and you just mull over it for like days and you're like thinking about it like nonstop. And then a week later, the person's like, oh, I didn't even know you were upset, you know? And like, you spent all these days, like, <laughs> it's like if we would have just kind of shifted our perspective and looked at it from a third party, like, wait a minute, is this even does this even matter? You know, like I was doing the best I could next time I'll, I'll learn from this and next time I'll change it up. Like not being so hard on ourselves, I guess. Absolutely. I love how you said that. Uh, I've, I've definitely done that before. You just like ruminate on one thing and you're like, wait a moment, does this even matter? <laughs> and disclaimer, I did it last week. Like this work never ends. Like I, I was suffering and it was my suffering last week and I was like this is so silly like you know stop thinking about it <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned a shift in perception on boundaries within family how it's not our job to heal them can you share mm -hmm. with us how you went ahead and made that that line that boundary for yourself Oh, you know, it takes patience. It takes time. Um, and it kind of takes, I feel like a breaking point where you're just like, you've had enough, you know, and, um, and not saying like, it has to come to this breaking point and argument or anything like that. It's just, um, you know, a, a shift in perception of like, understanding that you're doing that person a disservice if you're not creating boundaries because if they're walking all over you or if you're constantly like picking up the pieces of their emotional baggage and mess they're not going through their own healing journey you're doing a lot of that for them you're enabling them um and you know it's like I don't have children, but I think parents have to go through this. It's like they have to let kids like learn on their own something sometimes. And it's really difficult, but we also have to do that with partners and um, coworkers and friends and, you know, all of the people that we're, we're exchanging um, information with and, and energies with it's, um, important to recognize that like what is theirs and what is ours like when you're showing up in a conversation um, especially in a relationship like you know my husband brings um, inner child stuff to the table I bring inner child stuff to the table we have our crazy little tendencies and they come out a lot in in relationships and um, what I've learned is like, I realize when his is coming out and I just have to let him go through it, you know, as hard as it is, I love him more than anything in the face of the planet. And I have to just let him go through. He just, he actually just lost his father like um, 
right when the quarantine started. So it was very emotional that week, mm-hmm. obviously. And it was tough because I, I wanted to take that pain for him, but I couldn't. I had to just hold space for him and let him move through the ups and downs of, of losing a parent. And, um, you know, it can be as simple as a friend um, calling you for advice. You know, it's like you can't get off the phone with that person and um, take all that energy on yourself, like recognize how that made you feel in your body, but give it back to them so they can heal it. Hmm. That is so true. I've seen it and I've done it myself where you want to rescue someone. You want to be their safety net because you don't want to see them suffer. But in the short term, they're going to find all the lessons and the growth so much faster if we let them do their own swimming, (laughs) their own egg beating. Yeah. And I'm sorry to hear that your husband lost his father. Like I know that must have not been easy for anyone. So Mm -hmm. sending you you both so much love there. You're welcome. Thank you. Yes. So thank you for everything you shared about energy work and Reiki. Um, The next topic I would love to dive into is yin yoga and its healing benefits. Can you share with us what exactly yin yoga is to you and how you or how yin yoga found you and your experience of practicing this? Yeah, um, yin yoga is a passive style of yoga where you hold poses for three to five minutes around that. You can go longer in them. Um, But the longer deep holds um, focus more on the yin tissues in the body. So the connective tissues, the joints, the ligaments, areas in the body where blood doesn't flow as easily as it does to the muscles. Um, So the focus is, you know, the muscles are relaxed so that the focus can go into these connective tissues in the body and on an energetic level, like Chinese medicine, the meridians run through the body and yoga, the nadis, um, I'm sure you've heard of, of those. So those specifically lie in the um, fascia and connective tissues. So it's been called like the acupuncture yoga or meridian yoga, like it has different names. Um, For me, I would describe it definitely as like a meditative experience. It was my first I guess, like really gateway into deep meditation. Uh, When I first started meditating, obviously it was really hard to sit um, and not be doing anything. I just wasn't used to that. Like I, the busier, the better (laughs) before that. Um, So to, to make me sit down and try to not have thoughts was like torturous. Um, So I remember I had been doing yoga for quite some time, but I remember going to my first yin yoga class, someone recommended it um, for anxiety or, you know, just stress in general. And I still specifically remember that leaving that class and just like, wow, like I have never been that relaxed in my entire life. 
like my mind, you know, we never stop having thoughts. That's impossible. But my thoughts were really far apart. Like, you know, I, I could recognize the difference between the monkey mind and like deep, deeply relaxed. Um, and that moment I was like, oh, I'm going to teach this. This is this, the world needs more of this. And at the time, like there wasn't, definitely wasn't quite as many yin classes in studios as there is now. It's definitely a lot easier to find a yin yoga class. Um, I'm really passionate about combining yin yoga with Reiki. So whether you're doing a yin yoga class and you're putting your hands on yourself and offering healing or, um, my partner Kelly Martin and I do workshops um, at Trilogy Sanctuary and Sojourn and in San Diego um, where we offer Reiki while you're in the yin poses and then also sound healing. So it's like this really, really um, powerful healing experience of, you know, sound, feeling, um, and definitely like the opening, the deep opening of the tissues of the body. Is that all, that answers everything, right? You do ask another question. <laughs> yeah, I think that answers everything. I guess you talk about it. It sounds like these gateways kind of led you down this spiritual path. And the first gateway, was it Reiki and then yin yoga? Is that kind of how it worked? I was yeah, I think regular, I did my yoga teacher training um, before I found yin yoga. So yoga was probably like, that brought me to, that was at the same time I found Reiki and then yin yoga, I think was like maybe a year or two later after I had been teaching yoga. And now that's all I teach. I love, I love, obviously I love practicing um, different styles of yoga, but I'm definitely the way I'm teaching has is changing. I really um, resonate with intuitive, like somatic movements in the body, um, rather than like so many warriors and like this crescent lunge and like this structured practice. Just more flexibility in the flow of letting people move around and and close their eyes and tune into their body, and then. Um, the deep stretches with yin. It sounds like you really embrace the divine feminine in everything you're doing, the beingness, the slowing down, the, the yin, the reiki, and just being really present, like the somatic energy movement. Can you share with us what that looks like a little bit more in depth? Like what is somatic movement for anyone who does not know what that is? I would, I would, um, I'm not an expert by any means, but I, if I were to describe it, it's definitely intuitive, just like freedom in your body. So, um, you know, taking like cat cow and yoga, if you're familiar with that, like not just in this undulation or like linear motion, but like moving your hips side to side, big circles, maybe up into down dog and then forward and maybe coming forward and like dancing around a little bit and like moving qigong and moving energy that way with your hands and your legs and so um letting and some people would even say um somatic movement is no yoga mat like just roll around and like animalistic kind of primal movements and 
um, it's, it just feels so good. Mm. <laughs> it's so good for, uh, our joints and our ligaments. You know, my body, I practiced yoga for a long time, uh, vinyasa and, I just started to feel like all that repetition was, was impacting the health of my joints, my knees and my shoulders and my hips. Um, so I had to really change up my practice for longevity. And for me, that just feels really good. And when you have some good music going, oh my gosh, it's like, mm. forget it. <laughs> <laughs> Freedom in your body. I couldn't think of a juicier way to say that. I can't wait for this quarantine to list so I can go to one of your classes and dive into your yin and your reiki and your somatic movement. Sounds like such a... Yeah, and I'm doing them, you know, now this whole <clears throat> beautiful experience has um, created the virtual yoga movement. <laughs> so mm. I am doing classes virtually. Um, I have this one. I have one this Friday, I don't know when this episode is going to air, but I've um, one this Friday at Trilogy. And then I think I'm going to just start doing them on Zoom as offerings um, because I grew up in Michigan. So I have a lot of friends there and um, friends in Arizona, friends in Northern California. So it's been really cool because everybody can experience my classes now and don't have to live in San Diego. <laughs> mm, such a beautiful way to do yoga and teach yoga now. There's like no excuses anymore. It's like we don't need to go anywhere. We can just tune in from home. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And you can even turn your camera off so no one sees you slithering around on the floor <laughs> <laughs> doing somatic movements. Amazing. And I love Qigong too. I love how you incorporate so many beautiful things into the work you do. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. So you briefly brought up inner child work and I don't know if we've touched on the shadow yet, but can you dive into a little bit more about inner child and shadow work and what that looks like to you? Oh man, they're everything. You know, I feel like, um, inner child work and they go, they go really well together. Um, inner child work can be done in so many different ways. Um, but I would definitely define it is, um, reparenting yourself. So being your mother, your father, uh, your caretaker, whatever you want to call it, um, and connecting with that version of yourself, that innocent, vulnerable part of yourself that really needs to be told they're doing a good job, that they're valued, that they're loved, that they're safe, and um, or whatever you specifically need to be at your highest self and in um, your highest vibration um, and telling yourself that every day, <laughs> every day. Um, and shadow work is definitely, I would say, unconditional acceptance. So the, the parts of ourselves that we feel shame about, that we're embarrassed about, that we um, try to hide about ourselves um, really 
loving those parts of ourselves just as much as we love the parts that everybody tells us are great and um, that, you know, get recognized for being a good girl or a good boy. It's like the shadow part needs to be just as accepted as, as that part as well. Mm, So true. For so long, I shied away from the lower vibration emotions, the ones we don't really want to go into the underworld of. And this last couple of years, I really made the intention to feel every single emotion when it arises, because then you can feel the happiness that much more when you allow yourself to go into the sadness. Of course, within a container, right? You don't want to feel sadness for days and days and days, but to make it a practice to really go into the shadow and really to acknowledge the inner child. It's such a beautiful thing to know that you're really on board with this because I feel like it's so important, whether it's just holding ourselves and hugging ourselves or telling ourselves we're doing a good job. Cause so many of us have trauma from parents or grandparents where it feels like there's unfinished business, but to know that we can revisit the past now and make it, you know, healed. We can heal. Yeah. And I feel like that takes it. I mean, for me personally, inner child work had really healed my relationship with my parents because I no longer needed them to tell me I was doing a good job. You know, I no longer really was putting all that pressure on them to be this majestical person that told me everything was beautiful and wonderful about me um, because, you know, they may not be capable of that. Like my mom is amazing and loves me more than anything. My dad does as well, but um, they're my parent. You know, they still look at me as I'm like six years old and I'm going to screw something up. (laughs) (laughs) And um, it, once I, once I realized and, and took, I think a big part of healing that I like to emphasize is taking responsibility for your own healing and, and how you're showing up and your patterns. And, um, once I released that, like, it's you, you, you're, you're draining my energy and you're saying these things that are, that are hurtful and you, and you, and you. And once I was like, no, it's me it's me. I need to take responsibility for what I'm allowing in my, in my space and how I'm healing that. And, and that really shifted my relationship with my parents because, um, you know, if they don't tell me what I needed to hear at that moment or whatever, I, it doesn't impact me because I'm like, okay, it doesn't matter because I tell it to myself. Wow. Very empowering. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I, my, the way I, the way I've um, practiced the last couple of years and the last, and the way I teach is definitely more empowering, like just taking responsibility um, instead of the victim mentality. I played the victim mentality for years in it. That was, that was probably what was a big hormonal imbalance contributor was that holding on to that victim like why me why am I um imbalanced why is this happening to me 
And it's like, no, shifting that perspective to like, no, I can actually heal my own self. Hmm. It's so interesting because there's that shift of it happened to me. Now it's, it happened for me and I created it. Mm. I, I co-created it. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for sharing all of that. <laughs> so beautiful. So yoga nidra is something I also wanted to bring up on this conversation. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what yoga nidra is and why you feel so close to it? Yoga nidra is a style. Well, it's, it's um, definition in Sanskrit would be yogic sleep, yoga nidra. Um, so it is, it's essentially a meditation where it walks you through um, the different layers of consciousness. Um, I'm not like an expert in defining this, but um, it, it kind of walks you through like layers of the mind and until you deeply, deeply relax. So it's very common to, you actually want to stay awake for yoga nidra, but I've yet to practice yoga nidra where I've stayed awake the whole time. Um, it's kind of like, you know, like when you doze off and you're like, like you doze and then you just kind of wake up suddenly. Yes. That's how I would, and you feel like you've slept quite a while, like a long time. Um, but it was only like a minute or 30 <laughs> seconds or something. Um, that's how I would describe it personally. Um, and the idea is like, they say like 30 minutes of yoga nidra, it can be like six hours of sleep, um, which sounds crazy, but it really is. Like, I feel like for me, um, if I didn't get a good night's sleep or, you know, I'm going to start my period, I'm just feeling lethargic, tired, or maybe I'm on my period, that is medicine. Totally. So it's like, throw your earphones in, cover your eyes, get in a nice warm blanket and listen to a yoga nidra and you'll be like a million dollars after. <laughs> um, there's a lot of them on, on YouTube as well. So there's different ones. Richard Miller is a pretty popular um, yoga nidra teacher. Rod Stryker, my mentor, Brett Larkin, has yoga nidras on YouTube. So um, they have them on Insight Timer, too, if, if your listeners have Insight Timer um, app. And yeah, so it's pretty pretty uh, popular. There's quite a few of them. You know, 15 minutes to an hour. Um, mm -hmm. For me, like, I find 15 to 30 minutes is good, but... Wonderful. I was just about to ask you how long that process takes, but it sounds like we have many options. Mm -hmm. Amazing. So can you dive into the importance of having a spiritual practice every single day? Like how has that helped your life unfold differently as well? I think, you know, having a spiritual practice that you do every day is really just giving yourself space 
um, and taking time for yourself. You know, it's, it's honoring um, the ups and downs, like we mentioned, you know, some days, um, I don't know about you and your listeners, but like this quarantine thing, like some days I feel super sad and emotional. Some days I'm excited and um, energized and it's like this roller coaster and, you know, that's life. And so I feel like showing up for ourselves every day for a spiritual practice is this opportunity to listen to what, what we're um, moving through in that moment of time and that day, because we have all these different phases of our lives. And if we try to just push through and do the exact same thing every day and drown it in coffee and, and Instagram and, and, you know, all these outsources of like this information of how we can be better, how we can better ourselves, how we're not going to be broken anymore. I really feel like the recipe for that is letting yourself break, letting yourself um, feel sad sometimes, letting yourself, giving yourself the space to listen and um and show up for yourself and what you need that day. Because every day is different. Like some days it's yin yoga, maybe you're exhausted. Maybe it's a yoga nidra. Maybe it's a swim in the ocean. Maybe it's dancing at the club. I don't know, like whatever your, your intuition is telling you to do when you have a practice where you're quiet and you're listening, um, you can have that conversation with yourself and your life will change for sure. Mm. So in the morning, is, is it generally in the morning for you? You wake up and you're kind of like, what do I need today? Is that kind of what that looks like? Yeah, I, the minute I open my eyes in bed, I put my hands on my heart and my belly, do a little Reiki and just ask myself, like, how do you feel today? What do you need? You know, what, how, how can you how can I support you today takes 30 seconds um and then my spiritual practice I don't check I don't look at any technology for quite some time after I get up at least 30 minutes to an hour I would like two hours if possible um and I I meditate I pray I um I think a big spiritual practice for me has been just trusting that I'm supported, that everything is happening exactly the way it should, um, even if it doesn't feel like that sometimes. Because I was, for most of my life, I was in a fear-based mindset of like the worst case scenario is going to happen and and always in this like scarcity, fear fearful, anxious mindset. And, um, that just learned behaviors, learned patterns that I had to really break. And now I, that connection with spirit and God and angels and is a trust. And that's really when things, um, in my life started to shift and, um, when I got clear on that spiritual practice and like my values in life and, 
and it required definitely showing up every morning for at least 30 minutes for some meditation, some yoga, um, Palo Santo, you know, just the beautiful. I actually, something I'm really excited about, I just started reading tarot. Um, I, I'm in a mentorship for it right now and I love it. So that's new into my spiritual practice of like getting in that meditative state and asking guidance from spirit and then pulling a spread of cards. Amazing. I always <laughs> find tarot to be so spot on. <laughs> yeah. And talk about shadow work. <laughs> mm. It can feel like you're being bullied sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In the best way though. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. I love how you start your morning in bed from the moment you open your eyes and you place your hands on your, your body and you ask yourself some questions and then you follow through with that. And it could look different day to day. Beautiful. Totally. And Two more things I would love to talk about. The first one, so when I asked my audience who should be on the podcast, your name came up. <laughs> Thank you, Monty, <laughs> if you're listening. Thank you, Monty. And she mentioned that you have this divine feminine energy that just oozes out of you. And she thought that would be perfect for this podcast because we talk about all things the rise of the divine feminine and masculine as well, healthy masculinity. So can you let us know, how did you cultivate this beautiful feminine energy that oozes out of your pores and your beingness? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I think like 10 years ago, if you would have said that to me, I would have probably gotten embarrassed or like, kind of push that away like really me I don't I don't think so that can't be you must be talking about someone else um but now I'll receive that I feel like mm. that is a beautiful feminine divine feminine um approach to receiving a compliment like actually take it in and especially when it talks about oozing <laughs> anything <laughs> oozing femininity that's mm. really powerful um so I'm really I guess um you know, grateful that that's how she perceives me. And that's awesome. And um, I would say it's a process, you know, I, um, again, like kind of touching on all the things that we've already talked about. It's like that space of, of listening and that intuitive um, inner guidance. To me, that is femininity is like that um, space to feel vulnerable, um, feel fragile, feel soft and flowy. Um, and, you know, I, it's, it's actually a little bit more challenging for me to be in the masculine and have structure and, and um, authority and like, you know, that kind of stuff. But um, the endless battle of balancing the two. Um, I have a program online. It's a four-week program. It's Spiritual Practices for Hormonal Health. And it's a digital course. And it's um, it breaks down intentionally. I, I did it intentionally. So 
Um, it's all the healing practices over a four week course that have led me to heal my body with an emphasis on hormones. Um, but of course, like our hormones aren't separate from us. Like we are our home hormones. So you can use these spiritual practices, even if you aren't battling hormonal imbalance, like, you know, PMS, infertility, um, endometriosis, fibroids. Um, but I feel like those specific practices really have allowed me to embrace that divine feminine. And when I stopped um, looking at my menstrual cycle and my monthly cycle as like this burden and this um, bad thing, you know, like, oh, I have PMS again. Oh, great. Like, I'm going to need a bag of chocolate, you know, like the shame around my body. Um, and what I invite women to do on this program is like shift their mindset around their cycle because our cycle is a gift. It's our, like women are fucking intuitive. Like we're, when we're balanced, we are so intuitive, so powerful. And I feel that in my own body, you know, and and so um, I was just drawn to create and like just basically put all of these practices in one program that women can do over a four-week course um, and always come back to. That's what I love about the, dig the digital outlet. Um, you know, the first week is grounding. So really getting a grounded spiritual practice, morning routine, evening routine, seed cycling, tracking your cycle, breath work, meditation, like just a solid grounding practice. Um, and second week is healing. So it's like womb healing. Um, definitely um, energy, like that energy release of blocks around our lower chakras and um, third week is um, energy clearing. So it's like boundaries. I interview an expert on crystals around the hormones and, and um, our womb space, like what specific crystals to use for that. So that was really cool. And um, third and fourth week is surrender. So it's yin yoga, qigong, yoga nidra, um, that deep relationship to just being and not having to do all the time. And I feel like that is an outline of what I do to really tap into that femininity and like embrace my cycle with open arms. And it's been so amazing. It was kind of my passion project, but, um, you know, now I have women that have went through it and we're having trouble getting pregnant and they got pregnant and um, not saying that's what caught, that's what created it. But, you know, I'm, I would like to take a little credit for them getting pregnant. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, and, you know, women that didn't, that helped with PMS and period pain and it's really been a beautiful process to witness that and, and also witness it in my own body. I truly am. I'm so grateful for 
my journey and everything, you know, suffering from anxiety and depression and, and, um, all those things we suffer from as teenagers and in our twenties when we're just like trying to figure it all out, you know, and, um, the, the shadows that I like pushed down for a long time are actually what the reason I'm sitting here right now talking to you. So I would say to listeners, like, um, definitely lean into, lean into what brings you joy. Um, and, you know, hold space for yourself every day to just, to just be like, don't put all this pressure on yourself to be happy all the time and be joyful all the time because it's not realistic. And when you embrace the sadness, when you embrace the anxiety, that could lead you into what you could maybe help or offer to another person to help them through the same experience. Mm. So much truth in that. <laughs> so with all of this quarantine stuff going on, the, the divine initiation, the global initiation we are moving through, what would you offer our listeners to help them move forward through this time or after this time, whatever you feel called to share? Well, coming back to feeling empowered versus in a fear mindset, you know, of course we can dwell in like all the statistics and um, what we don't have enough of. And um, I mean, look at how people reacted to freaking toilet paper, you know, it was like crazy. So <laughs> I think shifting the mindset, like how in a more empowered mindset, like how can we take this experience and grow from it and change into better versions of ourselves? And um, really, I think it was a message of abuse that was happening to our earth and abuse to our schedules and to our bodies. And it was a, it's an opportunity to realize that um, slowness is good. And also, um, I don't know about you, but like, I realized how much I was spending on like gas and like just other things, you know, it's like when you stop going out to eat and you stop driving and you stop doing all these things, you're like, wow, I was really spending a lot of resources and time on all of that. Um, so for me, I definitely moving forward am going to really make a effort to support local and, um, you know, support like local shops and farmers and, um, not buy crap, cheap clothing from the fashion industry that's polluting our, our world. And, um, I'm also, like I mentioned in the beginning of the podcast, going to have more free time. Actually, <laughs> you're the first podcast I've told this, but I quit my job as a dental hygienist. I'm not going back. Like, I was like, no, like, I don't need to do that anymore. That is not in my, in alignment with me anymore. I realized in these two months that I was like, I don't want to do that anymore. I had the space to think about it and not be in this scared 
mindset, like, how am I going to pay my bills? How am I going to do this? Like, no, I'll figure it out and shift into what I'm meant to do here. Um, and so a lot has changed in the last two months for me. <laughs> Amazing. I love yeah. how it's allowing us to really look at our time, like where our time was spent before, like you said, the resources, what was I supporting with my money and my energy. So with the work that you do, what is the number one misconception? That you need somebody to heal you. That you need to outsource your healing to um, an acupuncturist, a Reiki master, a chiropractor, a doctor. Um, those are all great. Those are all powerful. Like I love going and getting massages, Reiki, all of it. But you have the tools you need to heal yourself. And I'm not talking about like if you have a medical condition by any means. <laughs> I'm talking about um, the recognition that you are a valuable light being with, with healing touch and um, you have what you need to, to heal yourself. And all of that other stuff is icing on the cake, but really um, honoring your ability to shift your perspective and see all the miracles around you at any given time. Mm. And in case we didn't share this, I just want to highlight what made you enter this line of work with hormonal balance and all of that. Definitely, you know, like most people that enter a certain line of work, it was my own my own struggle with it. You know, I struggled with it for a long time and felt really let down by my doctors because I was having, um, now I know that they were very common side effects and, and um, experiences that were happening, but nobody was telling me that it had anything to do with my hormones. And I thought I was losing my mind. I mean, I, my body was falling apart and and, you know, I was, I was eating very healthy. I was doing yoga. I was, I was doing all the things like there was, I was a healthy young woman. And I remember going to the doctor and he was like, oh, well, you had, he, I had fibroids, which causes really painful periods. And, um, and he was like, oh, well, women, you know, 70% of women have this, like, it's very common. And I'm like, I don't want this though. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to have this. Like, why is my body doing this? And that was his answer. And, um, thank God I was, you know, stubborn enough to be like, I'm not settling for that. I'm not just going to have something because everybody, 70% of women have it. And, um, I really didn't heal my body like eating healthy and doing yoga, all of that was really important, but it was the spiritual practices. It was the mirror work, the inner child work, the morning and evening rituals, the womb healing, the yin yoga, the, the energy work. Um, that's what really truly healed 
and I, I don't have fibroids anymore. Yay. Yay. <laughs> um, and my periods are back to the way they used to be, which is normal for me. Um, so I definitely, and this is not something that you heal. Like I still do inner child work every day, you know? And, and so my, my hope is that my program, my teachings are aligning you with the tools um, that resonate with you so that you can be your own healer and do them on your own. And you don't need someone else to do it for you because that's when you really heal yourself. Mm. I keep hearing you say you can heal yourself. And it reminds me of a book that completely changed my life. You can heal your life by Louise L. Hay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You love that one. I love that. Yeah. Oh, I love how that is like the common thread of everything that you're saying because that changed my life. So thank you for the work that you're doing to remind thank us. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Okay, so a couple more um, kind of rapid fire questions, I guess you could say. Um, what is the best piece of advice you've ever been given? By my grandmother, Alice, Grandma Alice. Um, stop worrying because worrying will get you nowhere. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. She knew I was a little worry wart. Oh, <laughs> what do you think you worried about? Oh gosh. Things that never happened or? <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, that's why I was like saying how a really deeply healing practice for me has just been to trust because if I could go back and I have went back to that little version of myself and, you know, it's like, just trust like you, this, everything is going to work out beyond your wildest dreams and just trust that it's going to unfold. Don't, don't um, try to rush anything. <laughs> and that was grandmother Alice. Grandma Alice. Yeah. Alice. Mm. She's one of my angels. Oh, I can feel her. I can feel her with us. <laughs> yeah. What is the greatest lesson you've ever learned? Greatest lesson I've ever learned. I think it goes back to worrying um, gets you nowhere because there's been experiences in my life where um, I worried endlessly you know we all have those experiences where it's just like worrying and worrying and worrying for could even be over years and that actually never happens and the the pivot in time actually went to something that was even greater and worked out even better than you even imagined and all that worrying all that time of worrying was such a waste I mean, I wouldn't call it necessarily a waste because obviously it was a lesson and, and we all have to go through what we go through, but I would definitely feel like um, trusting and not, not falling into that loop of the worrying about things, about shit that's probably never going to happen. <laughs> so for anyone who's out there worrying and going in loops and spirals and just ruminating on this stuff, what would you say to them? You said trust and anything else? I would say, you know, 
visualize yourself stepping out of that loop, like recognize that you're stuck in it. Same thing with anxiety or sadness, like feel it in your body, except that you're in that place, but like visualize yourself stepping out of it and then take an action to not worry anymore. Like, you know, do, um, I don't know if you're worried about your job, like create a LinkedIn or send a resume to somebody. Or um, if you're worried about money, then um, maybe look into something you can do, clean a house or (laughs) um, babysit or do something like take an action so that you're being more courageous than like stuck and blocked Mm. that way. Does that make sense? Yes. Step out of the loop and take an action no matter how small or big. Yeah. And I'm often like, if I'm stuck in a loop, I will do something nice for somebody else. Like Mm -hmm. even if it's just sending a text, Hey, I was thinking about you or an email or calling. I mean, goodness, we're calling people again when we have all this time on our hands. I am anyway. Um, And just, you know, taking it so much off yourself and like, using that energy to, as a catalyst to create a different vibration because they, that's all energy, you know, worrying, um, victimhood, sadness, it's a low energy. And if you think about it that way to counter that, you have to do something higher energy, Mm. jump around. Yes. If you're worried about your health, like go for a walk. (laughs) Mm. Yes. I love to like shake, like yes. something's going on. I'm like, this is really sticky. I'm going to shake and then I'm going to dance. <laughs> totally. Totally. I love that. So who has been your greatest influence or mentor? Um, I have so many. Um, this, this question and this particular topic is really, really important to me. I think mentors and coaches, um, are there for me, they're the reason I'm doing this work that I'm doing. They're the reason I had feel empowered to heal my own body. Um, they're like my lifeline and, um, you can have mentors and coaches that obviously you hire. Um, but you can also, you know, have mentors and coaches from afar. Maybe your yoga teacher is someone you admire and, um, that you receive a lot of guidance from and just going to classes. Um, I feel a lot of healing when I go to women's circles and in particular, like when my healing journey started to happen, my dear friend, Olivia, her name's Olivia Hughes. She's local in San Diego. She scooped me up in a women's circle and, and mentored me and really, um, just held space for me and gave me a lot of tools to like a lot of the tools I'm speaking about today. Um, and I would say if I had to pick one person, she would be it. And then of course my partner that I do Reiki trainings with Kelly Martin, um, my mom, um, aunts, grandmas, Oprah (laughs) inspires Mm. me. Um, yeah, I'm inspired by a lot of strong women. And um, 
being a mentor is like my life's work. I love, love watching women grow into themselves and discovering this beautiful healing side of themselves and, and empowering them with those tools as well. Mm. It's this beautiful ripple where we all rise together. Totally, total ripple. What offerings do you have right now that you're giving to the world? Uh, my course is Spiritual Practices for Hormonal Health, and you can um, find that on my website, christycutner.com. Um, that's a great way to like work with me because it's all video content and recorded guided meditations and workbooks. Um, and you can do that program at your own pace and like come back to it and, um, you know, do it out of the comfort of your home, own home. That's the nice thing about this, uh, digital platform. And then I'm teaching classes at Trilogy Sanctuary online and, I hopefully will be teaching them in person again at some point um, and at Sojourn Healing Collective. And I'm going to also just teach some um, yoga classes virtually um, on my own as well. I'm going to do some of the somatic movements, Reiki meditation classes, um, and I do Reiki trainings that we have scheduled in August. So hopefully, fingers crossed, that's all going to be a go. Uh, yin, yoga, yin yoga training in August, and those are at Trilogy Sanctuary. But you can, I, I very, um, very I, I live on the Instagram, mm. <laughs> live on the gram. So you can really stay up to date with everything that I have going on on there or my website. And what is your Instagram and website for everyone who has fallen in love with you? Sitting Pretty Christy is my Instagram. And christycutner.com is my website. Awesome. And you have free meditations as well. And all of this information that you're off your offerings, your meditations, your Instagram and website will all be in the show notes so you can find that. And are there any books or resources that you would recommend to our listeners that want to dive more into the topics we talked about today? So I, because we talked a lot about hormones, I'm a big believer in tracking your cycle. I love the flow living app. So you can definitely, you can track your period and track your cycle and it's so beautiful. It will even email like your partner what cycle you're in so he or she can obviously be <laughs> understanding of, of where you're at in the month um my um book that i would recommend is called moonlight gratitude and it's written by my dear friend emily silva and it is such a great um great book to read before bed it's 365 uh, little messages or meditations to do right before you fall asleep. And there's one for each day of the year. So that's just part of my nightly routine. I get in bed and I read my, the day meditation and it's just like a nice little powerful message. Um, yeah, I think those would be the two resources that have really helped me 
and your podcast is Spirit Made Us Do It. Awesome. Yes. yes. So check that out. It's um, with my partner and I, Kelly, and we lead Reiki trainings and yin yoga trainings. And our dynamic is just really fun. And we are modern healers. So we love to really bring in the idea of keeping it real and you know, showing up as you are, like we both love to drink hard kombucha and, um, you know, we still love, like she loves, um, hardcore rap music and, (laughs) and we're just, we're very real in that, um, we have all these spiritual practices, but we also still have fun and laugh and, you know, this work can get kind of heavy and we like to lighten it up a little bit. But we get pretty deep and raw. We did we did actually a whole series on inner child work that is really good. So I would recommend checking that out. Awesome. I'll find that episode and link it in the show notes okay, so you guys cool. can definitely listen to that. And the last question I love to ask, what is a message that you would love to leave our listeners that will help humanity as a whole? You know, I love, it's simple and it's heal yourself and heal the world because I feel like we mentioned earlier the ripple effect and when you're showing up for yourself and holding space for yourself to heal, that will create a ripple effect to everyone around you and then them to everyone around them and then them to everyone around them. So it's Mm -hmm. like this beautiful process of really just being the light Mm, be the light (laughs) well thank you so much christy for being on the podcast today it's been a pleasure diving into your spiritual practices and your gifts that you're offering to the world so thank you so much for being here thank you for having me this has been awesome and we are for sure friends now so we are friends yes If you loved this episode, share it with someone. If you leave a comment on iTunes, I'd love to send you a gift. Take a screenshot and email me over at melissa at awakenmysoulcoaching.com and I will send you the freebie straight to your inbox. My gift to you for being a supportive sister goddess. I read all of my reviews and I'm truly lit up by you. Thank you for sharing and see you on the next episode.